Hello, hello, and welcome to the Borealis Experience. I'm so happy to be spending some time with you today and very excited to be sharing an interview with Maus. Um, he wants to share his story, how he was stuck in pain and misery and depression for so long, but then got out of it step by step and is now living a life where he attracts more and more people that are in alignment with him. He has a job that fulfills him and make him feel really good. He's able to help people when it comes to their finances and um, yeah, was able to get out of this struggle. And I reached out to him because I feel it's very valuable to hear stories like that, um, especially when you are still stuck in pain and misery, um, or if you feel better, but you want to find like-minded people. Um, this is what my platform is about. Um, I'm all about showcasing or, yeah, picking out guys that I feel are awesome role models, people that if I had kids, I wanted them to look up to. Um, there's too many bullies and aggression out there who are in power and in focusing and putting our attention on good guys, so to say, guys who went through hardship and are living from the heart now. Um, I feel we can make this world a better place. So here we go, Mouse. It's uh, your show from now on. And um, yeah. Share your story with us, where it all began. Sure. I mean, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. It's awesome. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and I really like them so far. So I appreciate you having me on today. So I'm looking forward to spending some time with you. Yes. So I guess we'll start. <clears throat> we'll start, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I grew up in a uh, small town of 600 people. So very small hick town, farmer town. Um, and I, you know, I had a really good growing up, but, you know, nothing too bad or nothing like that. Uh, I played lots of sports and hockey, um, you know, lots of out outdoor activities, all that good stuff. At the age of 16, you know, I got into skateboarding and snowboarding. So I kind of quit hockey. I had some, you know, issues there. I was always picked on in high school. You know, I was the skateboarder kid in our town. Or, you know, people that were, you know, had money or preppies, we call them. Anyways, I mean, I was always nice and friendly, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't in part of that clique kind of deal. So I was kind of like the black sheep, which was fine. I was okay with that. I always, I had a happy growing, growing up, all that good stuff. And then when I was 18, you know, I decided I got to go to college somewhere. And I didn't really think about it. I just knew I was really good with numbers. Uh, I did really well in high school. I was an honor student in most classes. And uh, really good with numbers and stuff like that. And I like to draw, uh, not that I was an artist, but, you know, drawing on the computer and drafting and stuff like that. So I, I was interested in that. So I went, jumped straight into high or uh, college from high school, went to Nate in Edmonton, and I took design and drafting engineering. And I got a job as a mechanical engineer technologist. And uh, later on, I, you know, I did that for 16 years and I became a professional technologist. So that was great. But we'll go jump back a bit there to my younger 20 years so you know when I moved to Edmonton I actually got really really good at snowboarding and I got recognized so I got a couple store sponsors within Edmonton you know I'd go to all the 
contests, jump contests and handrail contests in Edmonton. And then I would probably get in the top five every time. Uh, one year, I actually won every single contest I went in, which was pretty cool. I went into some contests in Jasper and Fernie and Lake Louise, those areas. Um, I placed first, tied for second and third in some of those. So like I said, I, I, was, I had a really successful career in, you know, snowboarding and it was really fun, but, you know, I didn't pay the bills. So I always had my serious career as a mechanical engineer, technologist, and things are going great. You know, I was having a good time in my young 20s. I'd go to the bar. I'd meet lots of people. I spent a lot of time in the bar. I won't lie. Um, but, you know, I, I played a lot of pool. So I wouldn't go to the bar to drink and party. I'd go to play pool pretty much. But I went a lot. So I did end up getting really good at pool. And I play in a pool league right now as well. Um, but, I, I, you know, my young 20s, I had a great life. You know, I was unstoppable, felt undefeated. I was, you know, great health. Um, and life was good. And then, you know, I fell in love with a girl younger. Um, that didn't turn out. I had a heart broken. I was, I'm a very emotional, reactive person. So, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So I had my heart broken at a young age. And then around age 25, I had another girl that I fell in love with that didn't turn out very well. And I mean, some friends got involved and it was not a good situation. So I kind of stepped away from, from dating. And then, you know, a couple of years later, like 10, 15 years later, I reconnected with the girl. And uh, we started dating again and she had a child and she was someone I really liked beforehand. It just didn't work out. So I gave her a second try. Um, this happened around 2015 when the oil crashed. So I ended up, uh, you know, me and her dated for two years and it didn't end very well. You know, she was that type of person. I'm not, you know, I don't want to sit here and badmouth anybody. It just, she just wasn't um, a good person to me or anything in my life. She was very, um, I don't know, negative and kind of, I don't know, I, like I said, I don't want to badmouth her, but after that relationship, you know, I was heartbroken and I kind of think I had some type of post-traumatic stress syndrome come from that because anytime I met a girl, like four months later, I met a girl and I just, I get bad anxiety to my stomach and I start to feel like throwing up and stuff and I got to get out of that situation. So um, I didn't handle dating very well. So I just stayed single because the best way to avoid drama is staying single. I mean, I, I've always wanted to fall in love, but I found the pain of having my heart broken was way worse than any love I've ever felt. So to me, being single and staying away from girls made me happy. It, I, I finally, you know, became happy, um, learned to be happy with myself being single. I mean, I've always liked being with a girl, like my ex-girlfriend, like we were together every single day. We were best friends and that was great. But the pain of, you know, not her not wanting me ever again kind of deal and her moving on and stuff, I just couldn't handle it. Um, at that time, the oil crashed and I was laid off after 16 years with my job. So I wasn't in a very good emotional state. Um our economy in Alberta was the worst it's ever been since I've ever been alive. Um, we've had some bad times, but this is the worst because I went two years for searching for a job and couldn't find nothing in my field. You know, I even looked for uh, work in other fields, but because of my experience and the wage I was working before, my oil field background, you know, they were saying, why would we hire you if you're just going to jump back into the oil when it picks up? Because that was the thought going around, right? So I couldn't find a job for two years. So, I mean, I, I did leave with a severance package 
for my job. You know, I was debt free, financially good. I had a mortgage and a nice car, um, but I couldn't find work for two years. I got a nice severance package. So I used it smartly. I was always good with money um, and finances. Like I said, I was debt free. And then during that two years of not working, I, you know, I was looking for work. I sent out over 200 um, job applications, probably had about 12 or 13 interviews, maybe things just weren't going my way. So I pretty much spent two years doing nothing but saving money, looking for work, you know, staying away from people. I just, I wasn't very sociable anymore. I was that type of person. I'd love to see my friends and family. I would talk my ear off whenever I see them. I was just that sociable sociable type of person but those years when I was when uh, I had a heartbreak and lost my job I just didn't feel like talking to anybody so I became a hermit and I mean which was great because you know it was gave me time to heal although you know my finances kind of dwindled I start going into debt because I couldn't find work and life just I didn't know what to do um, I wasn't like too concerned about it but I knew I wasn't headed in the right direction so I started looking at other opportunities and my mom was helping me out. She uh, works in finance. She's a bookkeeper. And she came across this one ad for a finance career. And she went to check it out. And before she sat down with them and found out what it was all about, she invited me to come. So I went to check it out. And it was a financial broker, financial advisor. And to be 100% honest, so with my engineering career of 16 years probably after about eight or 10 years I started thinking like do I really want to be doing engineering the same job for the rest of my life like I didn't get a promotion I kept getting you know more money more responsibility but I pretty much did the exact same job for 16 years so I was getting you know you know what am I going to do with my life and I mean I wasn't looking for change I was just having these thoughts and I you know started daydream what would I like to do if I ever found the ideal job and I've always liked helping people I like meeting and talking to people. So I came up with an idea to start a company like Google. So instead of you typing in searching for things, you could just call me, you know, um, if I knew a plumber or I knew, you know, I've, I've had so much experience in my life, you know, driving around the city, the fastest way to get here or there, I always thought it would be a good idea that I could, you know, if someone wanted any type of advice, I could, they could call me, but, you know, that was just daydreaming kind of deal. Um, and then, you know, I got laid off, which was, to me, it was the best thing ever. I felt like this big weight lifted off me because I knew I was getting a severance package and I wasn't sure if this was the job or, or type of career I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I found out shortly after that, that that job that I was with for, for 16 years, you know, the oil industry was a very poisonous atmosphere, very negative. But I didn't realize that. I didn't know. I always thought I was a positive person, but, you know, at that point, people started saying I was being a little bit negative and I didn't know, you know, didn't know what was going on. So anyways, whatever, I found this new career and I thought it was great because it actually had a lot of the ideas in place that I wanted to do when I was brainstorming at my old job. So with my new financial job, you know, I cover many areas in finance. Um, you know, like I do so many different things that I'm kind of like your one-stop shop for everything financial. So now I had that idea of, giving people advice if they needed something they could just call me now I am that person they need advice in anything financial you know I'm an expert now so I can help them which is great um, but another part of my business too is meeting people networking so I just like meeting other people not necessarily for business but just to make connections but by making connections with other people and their businesses when I talk to a 
client and say, I'm sitting down doing some finances, but I know they'll say, oh, your, your kitchen isn't finished. What are you doing? Oh, we're doing some renovations. I'm like, hey, you know what? I know a guy that can help you. Out. So that idea of being the go-to person, helping people out was just, this is just awesome. So I've really loved my career. I've been doing it for almost four years now. Now, another thing about this career that I like is it provided a very positive motivational atmosphere, 100%, 180% different, or no, 180 degrees different from my engineering job in the negative poisonous environment. This is, you know, you bring people up, honestly, if you're in the, our office and nobody high fives you within five minutes is weird. Like that's the type of positivity. People are always happy to see you, you know, if you need help people there. So just being getting out of the bar scene, hanging out with a lot of those acquaintances I thought were my friends, you know, they were not necessarily driving me down, but they weren't really serving me any greater purpose. Now with my new career, you know, I'm hanging out with very successful people, people with dreams, people with visions, people that want to make a difference in the world. I started realizing, Hey, you know, that is how I used to think. So now, now being just around different associations was first step for me of, of healing and being better. So now I, was, I just, you know, I had a place to be, I belonged. I was starting to get happy. I was actually, you know, I tell this within my company all the time, you know, it changed my life. Um, I've been happier now than I've ever been in my entire life, which is awesome. But that's only part of it. So within my company, you know, we are always developing and looking or looking for good people because we want to develop leaders, you know, people to be role models or, you know, if you're going to be running a business and running a team of people, you've got to be, you know, a very good person of credibility, you know, integrity, all that good stuff. So personal development within my company is highly recommended. So we do lots of classes, lots of teaching, you know, recommendations on stuff like that. So I got into personal development. So first of all, I hated to read books. I hated reading period. <laughs> so reading books was a struggle. So I didn't do that for the first couple of years of my business. Um, and it kept bugging me and I kept saying, oh, I get it. Blah, 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 but I just hated the reading aspect. So I didn't do it. You know, and then finally I started finding books that I wanted to read. Not necessarily, you know, the act of reading. But the stuff in the books that I'm going to learn, I started to like that a lot more than the actual act of reading. So now I like reading. I'm a little bit better. Like I was painfully, I'd read 10 pages in probably an hour, an hour and a half, because I kind of have a little bit of ADHD, maybe a little bit. So I'd read a couple pages and forget what I was thinking. So that's why I've never liked reading. But now that I'm liking the information I'm reading about and taking it in, I'm starting to really like reading. So I've been reading a lot of personal development books. Um, a lot to do with my business, my industry, but a lot of it is to do with mindset. Mm. So with our company, we don't just help people with lifestyle or with finances. We help them with lifestyle. So, you know, if, if they aren't eating healthy or stuff like that, you know, that's the type of stuff we don't, you know, we're not paid to do that, but that's the type of lifestyle that we're, um, what's it called? That's the type of lifestyle they want us to have because it does it, you know, you're a lot happier when you eat healthier and all that good stuff. So, you know, I started reading books and getting better at that. And then uh, I read a couple of books that changed my life. Uh, there are, they are books by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, the one's called Becoming Supernatural. So I read them in the wrong order. I read Becoming Supernatural. And I'm now on a book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And they talk about it's the science behind meditation and why it works. 
mm-hmm. which was awesome. You know, I always thought meditation, you know, like, and I'm, I'm not religious. I don't really believe in spiritual stuff, although I've had weird encounters where now I'm starting to believe it. But in these books, explains the science behind them. And I'm a science and numbers guy, so it relates a lot to me. So now I understand, you know, why meditation works and all this stuff. And I started to be more aware of my brain. Hmm. I was changing my mindset, a different person. In doing so, with reading his books, he teaches you how you can become trapped in a past-present loop, meaning you're letting your, your past emotions and memories influence the way you feel now, and that manifests some of the same stuff in the future. So if you're in negative attitude, you're going to manifest negative stuff. It's because you're trapped in a kind of tight, weird loop. So I started to understand that and started to you know, learn the science behind why that happens, I'm not going to go into too much detail because there's a lot to it. It could be confusing, but, you know, just first step is being aware. So the kind of sum summarize or kind of what I got from these couple books so far is once you become aware of what you're thinking and what you're doing, you can actually control your future. You can control how you're going to feel. So the way that it works is most people live in survival mode. They're not aware that, you know, their brain is so powerful. They just live on survival instincts. Survival mode is what it's called. So, you know, that's living with um, your past memories, emotions, being attached to your past and all that stuff. So what it does is it changes your, your circuitry in your body to do same, some of the same that you did in the past. So now that you're, now that I'm aware of my mindset and that, I can actually break these habits of being my old self. I can learn how to create a new future. So just being happy, you know, gratitude, meditation has been wonders for me. I like, I'm not lying at all. I started meditating in November and I seen instant results in my life. I started attracting good things in my life. I was, had that mindset for years where I thought, you know, oh, this world sucks. Why does everything bad always happen to me? Stuff like that. I was like, not that I was a victim. It was more like, why, why am I living in life in hard mode? And I just had those thoughts. But now after starting meditating, I'm starting to learn how to manifest and bring good things into my life. And things are starting to roll really well now. So like I said, my business is way better than it's ever been. I'm way happier than I've ever been. And I'm just so grateful for all the, the books that I have read. And you know, I'm looking forward to the books I'm going to read. I'm looking forward to meeting my future self because I know now that I'm on the right path, now that I've learned how to dream again, how to, you know, have a vision and goals for the future, I'm going to achieve them. And now I feel, you know, unstoppable. I feel happier, more in control of my life than I've ever been. And it's great. You know, the biggest thing about having a good life is you got to be, you got to be thankful. You got to have gratitude. You have to project happy thoughts into your brain. You got to kind of force yourself to be happy because that's, that's how you break your funk of being negative. <clears throat> Once you start getting into the habit of that, you know, you'll be happier. Life will get better, but you got to continually work on it. It's not something you can leave because if you let your life go back to autopilot, you know, you'll fall back into those same things. So you always have to, you know, put effort into being happy, being positive, make a difference in the world. You know, you can't just make yourself be happy, but you can prepare yourself for the day. So my meditations, I do them first thing in the morning. I'm a very reactive person. So what my meditations help me do is all or first of all is you know think about things of the future i want to be healthy in the future be grateful for the future i'm going to have but also it prepares me for the day so 
you know, if I got to drive somewhere, I'd be like, oh, great. I got to go into city traffic. Someone's going to cut me off. I'm going to get road rage and get mad. You know, so I prepare myself for the day. You know, negative things are going to happen. Just be happy. Don't worry about it. And now, you know, I'm a little bit less carefree. If I go driving, I'm, you know, instead of giving that guy the finger, I'll be like, oh, he must be having a bad day and I'll wait. You know, you just change your mindset. Because once you change your mindset, your life starts falling through with the same stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of most of it. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if I missed anything else or anything like that. But, yeah, that's kind of a, the gist of my story so far. So. This is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all this and, and being vulnerable here with us. Um, it's very inspiring and empowering. And I can also see how you're becoming more resilient with your practices, with uh, the experiences you attract into your life now. You will be able to trust again and one day soon probably be able to open your heart again and be open for dating maybe not that it should be a goal yeah. but it can be something that you want to try out again and then with a different yeah mindset with a different approach mindset yeah mm -hmm. yeah exactly um so you talked about the books that you read that changed your mind about meditation. How was it for your family? Your family sounds like very supportive of you, like from the beginning, but they must have noticed the change. Um, I think I want to talk about feeling lonely at times with the new path. Like, did you have, you said acquaintances that kind of fell off. Uh, because maybe they couldn't relate to you anymore or you to them. Um, how was it within your family? Did they see, oh, yeah, this is what needed to happen and this is good? Or was it scary for them at times? Well, for them, it was more they were going through their own stuff. So it wasn't like we were very supportive of each other. We were like we just weren't aware of each other. Mm -hmm. Um now that I live in the city, you know, I live two hours away from most of my family. So I don't see them as much anymore. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's, there's not much to that there. I mean, they're, they are doing their own struggles and I'm trying to help my mo my best with, you know, everything I've learned. Mm -hmm. um, like my, my mom's going through some stuff right now and I'm, I'm thinking the stuff that I'm reading right now would do her very well. Um, so I'm, I'm starting to, now that I read these books and they've changed my life, now I want to, you know, give these books to my families and friends who might, you know, I think might need them and stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And everybody heals at their own time. I know from myself that I used to get very impatient when I saw someone in pain and they just didn't want to read that book and they just didn't want to be aware of their toxic behavior that was um, kind of self-destructive. Um, like we can mm -hmm. only offer and communicate and maybe live by example and then see what other people do and, and they will heal and grow at their own time. Um, so if we think about people who are listening who might just go through depression or being laid off, what is the tool or what is the like advice 
closing advice that you would love to give them in order to not give up? Yeah, so I mean, maybe my situation is a little bit different from others because I do know, you know, some mental illnesses can't be helped. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people need to go on medication and stuff. But before you make that diagnosis, you know, check your environment. Check the people you're hanging out with, which associations you're with, because probably a lot of them are negative and aren't serving you any well. So first of all, check out your association. Um, And then second of all, you got to be aware of your own consciousness in this world. So what I mean by that is you got to be aware that you're hurting or you're a negative person or you're doing this or that. You got to be aware of all the bad traits because the first step to changing or getting better is first being aware and pointing it out. So maybe you got to do some self-reflection, you know, why, you know, why, why are people negative to me all the time? Or why do I seem negative all the time? You just, you got to figure that out. And once you figure it out, then you can, you know, course correct or try and figure out why it's going on kind of deal. So, I mean, the biggest thing I've learned in my life is first off, you know, because I do get a little bit of anxiety sometimes, you know, that feeling of helpless helplessness. But what helps me is, you know, you're not in any immediate danger. The biggest lesson I've learned in my life is patience. You know, even with a breakup with my ex-girlfriends or whatever, time heals all. You will be, you will get better. You won't die. Things will get better. It just takes time. You just got to allow yourself that time. Um, you got to allow yourself to heal. You got to figure out what's wrong, understand it, and then take the steps to heal. And a lot of it, a lot of it is change. I mean, if you're doing the same things all the time, you're attracting the same things in your life, maybe there's something in your life you need to change. So that's a big thing. And a lot of people are just scared of change. They don't want to change or it's uncomfortable And I mean, I'm that same way. I don't like change. It takes a lot of energy to change something. So if something doesn't need to be changed, I just, I don't want to deal with it, right? I don't want to change it, but you know, some things do need to change and you do need to understand it does take a lot of time, a lot of energy to change. So, you know, just be patient, give yourself time. Um, You know, try to be grateful for what you have right now. That helps a lot. Mm. A lot of the stuff I've been reading kind of shows the power of projecting positive thoughts into your brain. So it's like tricking your brain into being happy ahead of time. And then eventually your brain will be hard into that and you'll just be happy. Yeah. Very good. Very good advice. Thank you so much <laughs> for making the time today and sharing your story and the, the tools that you use to yeah, feel better and be a beautiful, confident human being now out there helping other people. Thank you um, for my listeners to supporting our show here and sharing and reviewing. Um, I'm always curious to hear what you think and yeah, just leave a comment or a review and um, I will be out there very soon again. And maybe Clinton alias Maus will be um, on with uh, financial support I was thinking of uh, making an episode with you where you can share maybe a couple of things that you've learned that people can just start using right now and being more financially healthy. Yeah, that would be great because, I mean, you know, looking at your financial health, it's almost the same as your lifestyle, your your mindset and stuff, you know. Yeah. you got to be aware of where you're at. And if you want to have a better future, you got to start putting effort into it. So, I mean, you know, 
well, we can get into that later, but it, it's, it's, you know, I think it's the same way with your, your lifestyle as your finances, you know, your financial health, you got to put some effort into it. You got to be feeding good things into your finances in order to, you know, create wealth and protect your wealth. Well, thank you so much for listening to this beautiful interview with Clinton Johansson here. And I'm excited to be posting a new interview with him soon, where we talk a little bit more about financial health. I think we can all learn a little more about money, how money works and how we can make money work for us. So you have a beautiful rest of your day and we will be out there very soon again. Thank you.